0: Let me unmute first. I thought I did that. Uh, so welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I'm your host, Nate. Uh, we have another edition of the show today. Uh, we're talking about um, just finding that balance. Um, as I've been saying uh, the last couple months, you know, I've had to really put myself in a new space and really um, reestablish myself in this new year. Um, not that it was a lot going absolutely horribly wrong, but there were a lot of pieces of me that um, I needed to adjust and pivot. Um, going through a pandemic, losing so many people, um, it was, it's really been difficult. And then to still be in a space where people still don't, aren't practicing safe distancing, and um, they really don't feel like the pandemic is, they, it's kind of over for them. Um, and people are still dying, numbers are still fluctuating every day. Um, and we have a lot of leaders that are really um, totally disregarding the safety of all of us uh, and putting politics ahead of anything else. So I'm really um, in a space right now where I'm just readjusting myself mentally. Um, and it, it cost me a lot, but it definitely has um, been worth whatever cost it is, because your mental stability is really um, important because it can open you up to physical ailments if not treated and not you know taken advantage of. But we have a different, um, well, not a different, we have a guest today um, that has a totally different perspective from a totally different country. Um, and he'll be talking to us about what the atmosphere is like where he is um, and um, yeah, so without further ado, let me um, invite my friend, Mr. <laughs> I call him Jeffrey, but his name was not Jeffrey. I'll let him introduce himself. Hello, sir. Hey there, hey Nick. How are you? Um, can you tell people a little bit about yourself and where you're calling from, where you're coming from or broadcasting from rather?
1: So my name is Frederick Jeffrey Busanga. I was born and raised in switzerland where i'm also located at right now originally Mm -hmm. from ongoing camera and um yeah that's more about that's basically about me
0: so um we talk a lot uh myself and jeffrey we talk a lot about um just emotions and where we are we have a lot of conversations around feelings and and i don't really have that relationship this is This is kind of a a new thing for me to have those type of conversations with people in general, but specifically other Black men. And uh, Jeffrey is on, because he's not Black American, he's coming from a different, uh, more international uh, diaspora uh, of Black, African, uh, culturally different. Um, So some things are uh, we have to explain to each other in terms of differences, or and not just the way we talk or our lingo, but just cultural differences uh, amongst us. Um, and uh, talking to Jeffrey, someone in another country who don't look at African Americans as, you know, beastly creatures <laughs> or thugs and such, based off of what they see on TV or movies or in the news. Um, so it, it's been refreshing talking to someone who has had a different experience uh, growing up than I did, um, but we basically come from the same type of place. Um, And it it really is refreshing to talk to someone who looks like you, who has a a different or broader aspect of the diaspora, that being of black Africans and so on and so forth. Um, But I wanted to specifically talk about today just finding that balance emotionally, uh, therapeutically, um, the self-care of it all as we matriculate through life, as we matriculate through this um, this pandemic, um, and just as Black men, how difficult it can be um, because we don't really have those conversations. Um, if you want another another insight on this, um, if you missed Monday's show uh, that you thought I was in podcast, we talked a little bit about this. And that series is really dedicated to having these types of conversations specifically for that project. But uh, with you here with me today, um, how are you feeling? <laughs> Let's start there.
1: Well, in general, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling mm-hmm. okay. I'm just tired with, you know, studies, work, and making sure that everything, like, is done on the, on the right date, you know, mm-hmm. and also, like, uh, putting yourself in like how I like to say your dedication into your education because you, okay. you got to have a certain type of a level, you know, so, but, um, besides that, I'm doing okay. I'm just tired, but okay. How
0: about yourself? So, I, and I appreciate it because it's like almost midnight where <laughs> Jeffrey is. And I appreciate you staying up, uh, on a Friday night, uh, to spend some time talking. Um, I'm gonna get the pandemic stuff out of the way. What we don't realize in the United States, outside of the United States, they are typically ahead of us in how they're handling the pandemic. Not that it's been any better or worse, but they're handling it different. And they have been on the, you know, the cusp of it, whereas a we're kind of waiting and saying, and then we jump on whatever the trend is in that moment. How has the pandemic been for you um, now almost two years into it? In the
1: beginning, like it was some kind of like surreal, like these drastic changes from I think 2020, right? Around March, mm-hmm. everything changed like that. So it was so surreal and so strange. And then the government is telling you that you can't even like touch or hug like your own people that you love. So it was kind of strange at first, but then I mean common sense, you saw what was going on and something was out there. Unfortunately, yeah. you can point it out what, what what it was, but something was out there. So for me, it was just like, you know what, just just stick with, I mean, just go with the flow. Just go with the flow and maybe someday it will be better.
0: And you all kind of were able to open up before we were, because you closed, you all shut down before we did as well. We didn't really shut down until like the end. Of March, um, but we were starting the lockdown process like mid March, but it didn't really go into effect until maybe like the end of March, and for some people, April. <laughs> uh, but how was it? How has it been? You, you you all will open back up, and then you have mandates, and then they kind of release. How was? How has it been going through this like roller coaster of um, mandates and safety precautions?
1: But for me personally, I didn't really like it because at first it was like, okay, nobody's going outside anymore. Now it was totally, completely curfew. Everybody was at home, okay? And then it's like, okay, now we can try. People can go outside again. But now if y'all meet, it's only five people of y'all and not more, right? And then five people, they they stick to the plan, like the government was saying. And then it's kind of like, okay, we see the numbers are going up again, and then Let's go back to the care few. People were respecting this and people didn't. So it was just this kind of like up and down and no strict line that everybody was following. So it was a bit annoying for me personally. And I think also for the majority in the in that community will say the same.
0: Where are you all at now? In terms of precautions or is it still mass mandates and...
1: Oh, no, they dropped the mask, <laughs> the the mask mandatoriness on the February, February 16th. Yeah. Okay. And I, in my opinion, I think it's way too early. It's way too early. You know, I mean, I get it now. Like most of the most of the people are vaccinated. Right. But now, like most of the people now we got, we call them here like sport vacation. Right. And people, they traveled. So mm-hmm. now they're going to bring that stuff with them. Right, and the numbers gonna go up.
0: keep going around. Yes, yes.
1: yes. Instead yes. of just like you know, I mean, I get it. Like everybody's tired now, right? Everybody want to feel the freedom, but it's a little bit too early, in my opinion. Even in schools right now, like in schools, we don't have to wear masks anymore. So I and think it's.
0: But you all have been there before. Like we've been there slightly. The mask has been kind of throughout the whole thing for us, depending on where you are in the United States. But you mm-hmm. all have been able to lift it and then when the numbers spike, they go back to it, right?
1: And it, I guess that's, that's how it would come out. I'm sure it would come out like that.
0: Yeah, know? it's scary because as I, I've said to you, I've I've taken a, a little break from the school system because there's there's nothing consistent that we're doing that makes me feel comfortable. You have to feel comfortable and you work within the school system as well. Um, has it been a big change? Because your your numbers haven't really been as bad as other places have been there, right? Mm,
1: no, they were, I mean, they were for sure lower than our neighbor countries like Germany or Austria or France, right? But they were still high for a small little country of Switzerland with 8 million people, you know, counted on the number of mm. people, right? It, it was still high. It was yeah. still
0: high. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Germany, uh, in the, in our international news here, we're getting a lot of um, the Ukraine and fighting and uh, invading. Uh, is that in your news there, or is it not as big as it, they're making it to be here?
1: It is for sure. It's for sure big news. Yeah, they're made around the world. Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. Like Putin, mm-hmm. he claimed I mean he promised war now.
0: How um, are, are you, how comfortable are you? Because you like you said, that's a neighboring uh country.
1: Well let's go over here. Um have you heard um do you remember I mean did you watch Luke Cage?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: And do you remember in the barbershop, like the gang, like, I don't, I think two people started, started to argue with each other. And then the bar, the barbershop, he was like, "Uh uh-uh, not in this place. This is Switzerland. You remember Mm. that? So this is basically like Switzerland, like Switzerland is so, um, financially so well covered around like all these news or negative influences that Mm. it doesn't even bother people here, you know? not economically, not personally, right? So we don't really have nothing to do with them unless like, you know, maybe like just transactions, maybe business-wise, yeah. but like what they got going on right now, it doesn't really like affect us at all.
0: So even the talk of a possible war with the rest of the world, it doesn't, um, I know it bothers you, just the news in general, but is that a consistent amongst people in uh, Switzerland It being a neutral uh, space to live is still not a concern if a war breaks out.
1: It could be, but the thing is, you know, um, all these major countries, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 save their money out in Switzerland because they get a lot of the most interest,
0: right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the reason why they ain't gonna touch they ain't gonna touch Switzerland at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I need to come not with everybody. Money being in there. yeah well i mean that's that's why i guess people don't really you don't really hear anything bad coming from switzerland not that it's a perfect place but a lot of people got their offshore accounts and uh private business accounts there so that's a that's a a major place to protect if anything um in, in terms of um just <clears throat> so I'm gonna jump right into the balancing. Uh, wait, wait,
1: before, we, before we go wait. to this uh, to this topic, right? Um, mm-hmm. I saw a girl in, on YouTube and she was about to explain like how the situation is for the states. Unfortunately, I didn't watch that video, but I saved it on my list. How how does it affect like the states?
0: Um, for us, it's always what is it in the Ukraine that. Um, or Germany, or wherever a war may break out, how does that affect us financially? That's typically how the United States determines whether or not it's going to get into it or protect the Ukraine or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But us being there uh, or fighting for the Ukraine, it's some benefit. And I believe it's more so in the area of energy. um, And that is... That's a big thing for us right now because we're coming out of the ice age of our energy and going into a more cleaner, more efficient um, uh, energy. And right now our country is very, and it's been like this for a number of years now, very politically divided. And it's more so than it's ever been before. And our current president is battling with uh, our old president, and I don't like to say his name, uh, but Trump has inserted himself in our political system even after being out of office. And his connection with Putin and um, German and Russian connections, it really uh, is damaging uh, because it is further dividing our country. Um, and that's that's one of the, the major kind of points in this. Uh, it's 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 just a political system because we have a midterm election coming up, and these things are polarizing. So there, all of this going on is alleged because of United States system. Because we are we're still, whether people believe it or not, uh, at the top of many of the big decisions that happen globally. And if you mess with our election system, which the Republicans here and many people like Putin has interfered with our election, it really determines what happens around the world as well. So mm. it, it's really damaging right now because we have yet another midterm election that means a lot. Um, if if our Republicans gain control of our Senate and House, um, that could mean a lot of stalemates for the rest of our presidents. Um, stay as president, and that that's the fact. So people are saying that this war has been purposely done um, between, I wanna say China and Germany and Russia, is being done because they have connections to our Republican system here. And that's, that's it, it all boils down to money and power. And that's, that's, unfortunately, lives will be lost because of money and power and position. Yeah, unfortunately, is that is that the messaging you all are getting, or is it from y'all perspective, from the perspective of where you are?
1: Um, I just well, how about it? I just saw this girl on video uh, on YouTube, right? And she was about to explain, I think, for America what it means for America, you know. And she was yes. was talking about like if you own a house, what you should do now, how to save the money up and all that stuff. So it, it goes deeper into the material yeah. now. Well, think. if we
0: get into a war, we're gonna be, I mean, excuse my language, fucked. Because, because of our past presidency, we are already in a space where we're in, we have horrible inflation uh, and, and everything is very expensive. And the fact that we're coming out of a pandemic where Big companies and some smaller companies have raised the price on everything. So we go into a war um, with the Ukraine uh, against Germany. It's really going to be, I believe, harder here. Because wars normally bring about a a rise in inflation, which is the cost of living is going to go up. But people's paychecks and money is going to go down amount of their money and paychecks are going to go down. So we're in a space right now where we're. I'm, I'm hoping we're not going to go into a war and whatever this is, it's resolved with, within the Ukraine and between Ukraine and Germany and Europe in general. Like I'm at a space where let them handle their own businesses, but other countries getting into war can affect every other country in the world. So it's, it's hard to really say that Um, And I wouldn't want us to be in a state of war and nobody wants to help us. But a lot of this is normally a bunch of white men sitting up, making decisions for the rest of the world without any connection to us as individual citizens of this world. And that's unfortunate, but we often have to pay the cost and the price uh, for um, these white men. Sorry, white men. But you are the problem. Isn't fun. Yes, let's hope for the best. How how and I'm I am i have asked you this several times, but how does other countries uh from your perspective, what is the what is the United States reputation with the world? If you can answer that.
1: That is um Let me think, let me think of a good phrase that I heard, you know. You know, the of the great America, you know, and of all possibilities, you're so super strong, you know, you're y'all, y'all ruling everything, you know, that uh, mm. um, the culture that you got, like, it reached all over to, like, all over the globe, to even mm. over here, you know, um, you know, like, people dressing like y'all, they acting like y'all, you know, Black folks over here, you know, they they try to act like Baltimore, like literally
0: they try to act like Baltimore, you know, so, um, yeah, Mm. I'm serious. So so you're so outside of the United States, how do you see Baltimore like from your perspective or what you've heard? Like, how do people see people here? Not even Maryland, but there's a understanding of how people see specifically Baltimore. I know yours is a little different but can you kind of touch
1: on both sides of that? Yes, yeah, sure. Well, let's say like that Baltimore, Baltimore actually has a beautiful history. I mean, can we call it beautiful? Well, it had a economical interesting history, let's say like
0: that. Mm-hmm. In, in,
1: in just real time, it was beautiful. And then how time evolves, um, then Baltimore had a parallel community. The one that got who live in downtown and Mm -hmm. the one uptown, right? Downtown, you know how it is, you know, the ones who function right, who got everything well balanced, you know, these are the ones who are down there. But then when you go uptown, this Mm -hmm. is where we got where the neighborhoods maybe resemble a little bit to the wire,
0: right?
1: It's tough.
0: It's crazy that that's the the image that people have of the entire city. And I understand because they were very specific as to where they went in the city. And it Mm. would give you the illusion that the entire city is that corrupt or that um, morally unstructured.
1: (laughs) But but you know, at the end, like, I I can't be mad. I can't be mad at them because it's... Mm generation over generation, past uh, traumas, traumas, they're getting passed on to the kids and the kids, what they got to do, right? They got like no perspective. So what am I, do I going to waste like seven years or eight years in school? Right. And while wow, my mother like is starving and she can't pay the bills or do I go on the street and make my 20K, right? Like easy, fast money that I can support my family. So screw the, screw the paper, like the certification paper,
0: and let's get this money. Right. So, mm-hmm. Can and, it just, but I, I, and I hear what you're saying, but Baltimore is very small compared to most of the other major cities in the world. And the fact that Baltimore over New York, over parts of Florida or uh, Atlanta or L.A., uh, we get the bulk of corruption and the negativity and just... Um, people really come here thinking that it's going to be uh, a war zone. They really, people really. Even when we start talking, and you've been, you've been to the United States before, um, and it, it's still amazing to me that I know your perspective is you've you've seen it, but it's still. <laughs> It's crazy to me that people have that perception. And some of them have never even been here. So they've only seen Homicide or Um The Wire. And nothing. That's the only that.
1: thing that got broadcasted. That's the only yeah. thing that got broadcasted on TV. And it was so it was it was so published, like and pushed. It was so pushed. Yeah. Ain't nobody want to see like what's going on in downtown. Like how the the Caucasian, they got nothing really going on that interests us, right? So you better want to have the grimy side.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's it's what is really really crazy. A lot of movies are shot here, and pe- they they always depict the out because we have a lot of parts of our city that mimic other parts of the United States. So we have uh, agriculture, we have industrialism, we have urban cities. We we look suburban in certain areas of the city, actually. So people in our, our inner city downtown areas look like other downtown areas. There There's certain spaces and certain buildings that mimic how they look. And it's just, with all the other movies that were made here, people only, and I'm, sometimes they don't know that they're in Baltimore. Sometimes those movies don't expose that they were actually shot here in Baltimore. But, you know, yeah. It's just, it's amazing to me that Um, people still think that this city is just the wire or homicide because those two uh, those two tv shows kind of left us with a bad taste in people's mouth unsafe taste in their mouth Um, moving forward a little bit um, is there racism in Switzerland we've heard a couple stories but Does racism
1: exist in Switzerland? It does, but hidden. It's it's hidden.
0: Hidden?
1: This This is something about, like, let's say a Switzerland citizen, right? If Mm -hmm. he has an issue with you, he's not addressing it. Like, y'all Americans, when y'all have a problem, y'all address it, y'all spit the truth in his face, right? But that's not how the Switzerland being is. Like, he's more reserved. And he's talking to you, but you gotta check what he means between the lines. So mm. we got racism here, but hidden, hidden in form of okay, I got the better education than you. You see, so go do the dirty work. That kind of racism, or mm. um, okay. just you, you, you can feel it. You can feel it. It's just different over here. It's more the um, how do we say that um, the academic racism that we have here
0: institutional is mm-hmm. yeah. a part of the, the system It's not well it, it, it had been that way well not all throughout this country's history but there was a moment i can remember in my lifetime where it wasn't always in your face um it, it may have been pockets depending on whether you're in the south or uh, but it was very institutional meaning it was a part of the fabric of this country um the makeup of it um and since I'll say since Bush uh Junior was in office as president. Um, and then we had Clinton, and then we had um, well no, we had Clinton, I believe, was did Clinton come before Bush? I'm I'm lost. I believe because Obama replaced, replaced Bush. So it was Clinton, Bush, then Obama, then Trump. So it was like Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, racist, 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 racist throughout the whole thing. But by the time we got to Trump, it was overtly, it went back to when my grandparents and my my mother was young, where, you know, you could be assaulted. You know, we've had several people, well, and a lot of those deaths that you hear about on the news, a lot of that stuff has been over the years. Um, but recently, we just in a pandemic, um, George Floyd happened. Um, we, uh, Amir, I think his name is Ahmad. Uh, his case is going on right now, we've had a lot of in-your-face racism. So I've, the only thing that I've ever heard about from Switzerland was from Oprah when she went into the the boutique and they didn't, they would not sell her the bag. They didn't believe she could afford it. Um, so that means they probably didn't even know who she was um, at that point. But I, I'm, from hearing you talk, it is it's very apparent. Have you ever had it
1: in your face before? Uh, the, the one time that I had it in my face was in, like, first grade, second grade, you know, calling me chocolate, you know, things like that. Oh, look at that chocolate. I'm sure you can lick yourself up and all that stuff, right? Yeah, stuff like that, you know, the childish thing. And of course, like, as a kid, it hits different, right? But then I understood, okay, I'm different. You know, I'm different. And I'm foreign I'm different but, but later on later on only when I was looking out for a job when I was mm-hmm. looking out for a job then I saw it you know like you could tell the way how he was just flipping to the documentaries right mm-hmm. Th- through the pages and he like um yeah <laughs> in my mind like dude just say okay. it man just, i get it you know come on
0: mm.
1: but, um other than that i mean i feel i feel somehow i've kind of like blocked off my brain you know yeah that because yeah. if i would pay if i would pay attention to the races like to the to the racism around me right i would, I, would I can't i can't because i did that i did that when i was 16 or even 14 when I watched The Roots and then I understood, wow, OK, I am black and I'm different in this country. And then I I became a black Nazi in my mind. You know, and I was like, you know, F all these Caucasians and all that. What am I doing here? You know, I'm not feeling well here. I'm not feeling connected. I got no connection to this country and all that stuff. But somehow right now, I try to, you know, I try to no, take okay. this out what I can get from this country, right, and, you know, further evolve with it with what I have
0: mm-hmm. or what
1: I've got from them, or the people who, like, who are willing to give me something, you know, so I try to take the best out what I can and, yeah,
0: move on. So we, balancing we, we, that with right? your experience and coming to the United States, how, what was different for you or what was the experience like seeing it for yourself versus just
1: watching it in movies or hearing about it on the news. My experience, it was interesting, like when I came to the States for the first time, already just standing, I mean, standing at the airport, you could feel, you could feel the atmosphere, like the split parallels, like Mm -hmm. split racism. I'm like, wow. And just when you walk into the, like, you take the elevator, you go down to the customer control, right? And you see this mm-hmm. huge flag. I'm like, okay, patriotism over here is real. But um, it, it's real. It's real out there in the States. It is real.
0: But you've seen, is- you've been to California. I believe you've been to Georgia. You've been to mm-hmm. Maryland. You Did you go to New York?
1: So far not. Mm-hmm.
0: No. So those are the three states you've been to, right? Yeah. And those those are completely different. Georgia is the South. Uh, California is the West Coast, and Maryland is very much so East Coast. Uh, uh, and it's a Maryland is kind of South North, like right in between. But it's three different places, so those are three different experiences. That and you haven't even been to like the Midwest, um, like Texas or like Nebraska, those places, or the higher up north, like the. Uh, Maine's or Massachusetts or places like that. So it's still um, parts that you haven't really seen. And each state is comp- its own country, really. It really feels like its own country, based off the type of people that live there, the laws, who's in power. And it changes from year to year, depending on who's in power um, and who's politically in power. Mm-hmm. Was
1: that anything that you picked up on? I mean, no. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that like each country has its own kind of like rules or something like that. But my question was, how do you deal with it on a daily basis like that? Because over here it's kind of like hidden. And I gotta be honest, sometimes I forget that I'm black because, like at my school, right? When I sit down at the at the lunch break room with all the teachers, right, and they talk to me like I Like, I'm one of them. And then one, like, all of a sudden, while I eat lunch, and I look at my hand, and I'm like, oh, I'm Black. Yeah, I'm Black. I forgot Mm. that, right? But how is it for y'all in the States? Like, because...
0: Mm, Well, I'm going to say you never forget. (laughs) I don't care how comfortable you are in an environment. Um, The system, and that's part of the systematic racism that this country was built on. Um, you don't forget. Some people try to forget and they try to ignore it for themselves. And it's people on the other side of that that try to see you as I don't see color. And that is as far from the truth as anything possible because it's always in the back of your mind is in the back of their mind, sometimes at the forefront. So I'll say it's, it's not something that I have ever forgotten because I've mainly lived in cities. When you live out, like, like you live out in somewhat of the suburbs of Switzerland, it would be considered the suburbs because you're not in the main city. Um, okay. So where you would live in comparison to here, it would be like the county or the suburbs. So often money can help you um, land in, but you still have... The remnants of who you are, and many people have have realized no matter how much money you got, you'll still be a nigger to people, um, literally, um, and we see that in all across you know the country. Um, and what is weird is um, I don't know if you've heard about what happened to Whoopi Goldberg recently, but um, our culture, culturally, um, and not just racially most of the cultures and races in this country still look at Black people as the bottom of the barrel. Um, and it is the wildest thing ever. I remember you sent me a uh, picture of a, um, I think it was a Confederate flag or the, no, the, uh, the uh, police flag, uh, police lives uh, matter uh, flag that and it was there where you were. Um, I remember you sent me the picture, I remember it was in a window, and it was um, that, that level of comparison, that was, that's kind of a, a rebut to uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, for us to have to say that and have organizations built on promoting that, it says a lot, you know, we're in 2022 right now, why do we have to keep saying it? So for me on a day-to-day basis, one, you never forget. It's it's hard to forget here. Um, But my level of what I've experienced as racism, for me, I've watched more of it because I'm in the arts world. So we we love each other a little bit differently, but it's still a part of the um, fabric of what we go through. A lot of the racism that I went through was younger, Um, where it was in my face racism, was when I was younger and I went to predominantly white schools and I felt it, Um, literally fist fights, felt it. Um, And now as an adult, I'm seeing it, it's more so in how, like you said, when someone's hiring me and they wanna talk around, I have a very neutral name. So when people talk to me on the phone um, and they're just reading my resume or they see my name, they are confused when they see me in person, and I've seen the shock look. Like they, they look at the paper several times to see my name, and then they look at me, and I can tell I'm not who they were expecting. So that level of disrespect—that it goes beyond racism—is it's really disrespect at that point. Um, it's very what you will hear, read about on the news. That that part of it is very true to where our country is, unfortunately, is getting, it feels like it's getting worse before it's going to get better. Um, we just had a breaking news announcement in Go ahead,
1: go ahead. Actually, you sound black. They shouldn't be surprised,
0: actually. Say that again.
1: You sound black. Actually, they shouldn't be surprised.
0: Well, um. I don't know what sound black means. <laughs> it's
1: like me. not it's not a joke. I mean, but you can tell, like, you know, what, just by the tone like or the voice, you can tell somebody, oh yeah, that's a brother. Well, that's
0: when smart. you are when you are around people who don't uh who aren't around black people often, it, it's not something that they readily pick up. They just they choose not to. And here. Depending on, just like in Europe, depending on where you are, you speak differently. Um, So if I lived in the South, my draw may predict to them that I may be Black, but here, one city, you know, I live in Maryland, so D.C. is within, uh, our capital is within Maryland. So depending on where you are in Maryland, you may sound completely different from somewhere, from somebody who also lives in Maryland. So within our communities, within our city, our state, our regions, there are different dialects. So people sound different. So it's really hard for you sometimes to say that. But I get what you're saying. But a lot of the white people who are overtly racism don't hang out with Black people necessarily to be able to you know, identify those differences. But, that's that's kind of, um, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just the country we live in. Being black, how has that affected who you are? Well, before you answer, ask that question, is there a huge African, and I have to be more specific, black African uh, community in Switzerland?
1: We have a community here but um spread it around spread
0: pick up i, I it. can't hear you okay uh, we
1: we do have a black community here in switzerland but spread it it's very okay. spread it.
0: like it's not really a, a big population like in London or something like that.
1: No 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 it's like we like this family know this family these persons know they and they they all a little bit connected with each other only if we make an uh, appointment and then we all meet together. But it's not like a huge, major community, like like uh, compared to Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just got yeah. the whole family on the street or like a whole block, just blacks like that.
0: Nah, we don't have this here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was, that, was that difficult for you growing up not seeing a lot of people that looked like you?
1: It was, it was because I felt It was really a part that I was missing, you know, but unfortunately, like not growing up with black folks had um, different background stories of myself because my mother, she had like negative experiences with people from our country. Right. So she basically isolated us um, to just not to deal with, excuse me, if I say that with the nigga shit that was going on.
0: Am I allowed to
1: curse in this? I don't know. Yeah, you
0: can. You can. Okay,
1: okay. I mean, I, I don't want to give like uh, Monty uh, more work that he has to, right? So that's why. <laughs> but yeah. <It's> so, <laughs> everybody's here. mics get
0: ready. They kind of get cut off if they put that T in my name one more time. Yo, one more time.
1: <laughs> Yo, he presented you this way. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, money. But my yeah,
0: bad. I, I, I guess I get what you're saying. It just, uh, and out in all of our conversations, it's just amazing to me that um, despite things not being completely different, you still were able to grow up in a space where you could forget that you were Black. Yeah, it is. And it not, yep. it not be, but because you were aware of the lack of diversity, it still had a effect on you. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: Did you see, uh, like the Colin Kaepernick? He had a show. I mean, he's he has a show now on Netflix called Black and White, right? Mm-hmm. And you remember when he went, <laughs> when he went into, when he went into his first Thanksgiving, but with black people, right? He went mm. in there and he was so surprised. Oh my gosh! Like everything is so black. Wow, we got like, um. um what what is it called like collard green like t- turkey? Yeah. Why we, we um what what is it called again? What's that? Not 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 pumpkin pie. But, oh,
0: uh, sweet potato pie. Yeah, sweet potato pie. And he was like, oh my
1: gosh, just pumpkin pie. They're like, hell no. So it was a, it's the same thing for me um, because I was always. Like I grew up with Caucasian people. What is cool, you know? But then when I go, let's say to France, right? I come to America, like my eyebrows, they're like McDonald's. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow, I I got so much black around me because I'm not used to that.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a difference in me being able to go to Europe sometimes is still, um, because you may see it as a lot, but I still see, you know where the black people at? You know I've, I've traveled a little bit and been able to see other countries, and that's definitely what I feel. You know when I go there, it's um, I'm, I guess I'm used to. For me, I, I think I guess I'm used to seeing black people. It's not, you know, where the black people? because if the black people disappear from Baltimore, I'm leaving. I am done. I'm not. I don't want to live in that world. Um, but it's possible because pockets of Baltimore are very much so like that. I remember when I first the first time I ever moved outside of um, uh, of Maryland, when I was young, I went to Chicago and that's what it felt like in Chicago. well, not outside of Chicago. Um that's what it felt like I it was we were really void of black people. And I was like, where do we where are we? I just want to, <laughs> let me go into a McDonald's or something. Let me see. There was no Black people in the McDonald's. There was no Black people at the train station, nowhere. Um, but I, I understand that. Um, as an adult, you know, now seeing differently, does that make you want to leave Switzerland? Uh, I see it a little bit more different because I
1: see it like, <laughs> the wise.
0: Wise. You got to move best
1: closer because you're you're not picking up on your mic. Oh, okay, my bad. So now I see it a little bit different because, like, where am I better? Where am I better at with my career, like job-wise? You know, um, economic-wise. Um, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss it. That's why I'm like, you know what? <laughs> no, nah, I I need that black blessing. You know, I need to be. I need that blackification and then I'm gonna travel to these places and then I'm gonna get my doses and I'm like, okay, I got it. But I also Mm. understand now why my parents always like kept me back a little bit from, from the, the black culture. Cause dude, come on, man, Nate, come on. Let's and Mr. Mr. Technician, come on. Let's, let's be honest, man. We, we love our culture, right? But sometimes yo, it's too much, huh? You mad
0: in terms of our black culture being too much?
1: Yeah, sometimes it's too much, man. Uncle Ray Ray did that, and did this, and blah, blah, blah. Culturally,
0: but but see, the way I look at it, because there was a big chunk of my childhood where it was all about other people's culture, uh, I respect my culture more now. I don't get along with it all. I don't agree with it all. I don't participate in it all. But I have a certain level of respect for who we naturally are because I've gotten to see who other. I went to a lot of my friends' houses when I was in high school and middle school, and I got to see how they live. And they just as hood, they just as ghetto. Their mother cuss up a storm and she acts a certain way around your friends that she don't do when she don't know you there. You know, I'm on the phone with them and I'm hearing Miss. You know, Miss Gladys talk a certain way that she don't talk when I'm I'm there. You know, i you know even with the racism. You know, I remember being in high school and I was in a theater company, and when we had a tradition, we would do our plays would be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and there was a tradition of uh, Friday night and Saturday night there were sleepovers, and uh, they were very racist. Like I don't think they wanted me to stay at their house. Or it was certain families that definitely didn't want me to stay, but were uncomfortable telling me to leave because the rest of the casting crew were there. And to let just the only Black person involved (laughs) send them home, it would have been, it looked a little different. And I played on that a lot, but I would not trade all of the hoodness in the world um, for something else. I just... I, it just is a is a level of history in it. Is a level of me in it. Um, but I I I get it. I, is it is it different when you are directly connected to Africa and African culture? Your sound, I think, is out. I'm a, I'm asking oh. if it is
1: different.
0: Like, does it feel different? I mean, because you've been able to experience African American culture, but is it that much different growing up with, with family that's directly connected? Like, your parents are from Africa, Mm -hmm. so is it is it a different difference in it culturally or?
1: Most definitely, yeah, there is a difference because I, I grew up with the mentality here, you know. And then I learned how to tolerate my culture where I'm from with from my parents, right? Mm. But yeah there is, there is yeah, yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, there is a difference.
0: It's interesting yeah. that you said that way because that is an issue here because people begin to tolerate their culture. And there is a distance that grows in between a person and their culture. Um, shame or... Um, I've got a little bit more money now so I can be different. Um, or just a lack of, like if you didn't grow up with your family or you grew up out in the suburbs, there's a difference in how people act when they come to the city. Like um, I remember going to some of my family houses and I was expecting to see roaches and mice because that's what you see when you go to the that's what I. That's what I was told I was gonna see you know, and and realizing not everybody, some of them did have mice and roaches, you know, and they were a little hood. They, they did do certain things that I didn't necessarily grow up with or agree with, but I learned to not tolerate my culture and deal with them like I deal with the rest of the world, you know, um, but I just have a respect for it. And only because of that pocket of time. And even now as adults, um, I'm more diverse in the people that i'm around but I choose to be around black people more so than not because we have to get back to a space where we see each other differently we see we really see each other and not just in a space of um wow um tolerate but i get that word because i I've experienced that me feeling like I had to tolerate my cousins and my family members because they were just ghetto. I, I felt that.
1: But I'm you know, what I meant more about tolerating is, let's say over here, like I grew up with the uh, with the Switzerland with mm-hmm. the Switzerland mentality, right? You gotta be on time. You gotta do this. You gotta do that, right? <laughs> well, like, exactly. Um,
0: uh, boy, but when you, you go, like, home.
1: Hey, yo, A brother be like, "Hey, yo, where you at?" And he like, "Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like down the block, 15 minutes." And you know, damn right that he's way further away from there. Or you making you making an appointment with him around this time, nigga? Time it's like, yeah, two and a half hours later, right? And that's what I'm saying. With first of all, first of all,
0: when I say I'm coming, I'm coming. But if the last person didn't make me late, I wouldn't be late. So I feel like you're talking to me again.
1: But you know what I'm saying you know what I'm
0: saying. I I do. I get it. But that that it's not a laziness. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying. But the world looks at that as a laziness. We just have a we're on a different time schedule. And that's like that. That's when I was saying. When you're here in the United States, each place is totally different. So when you probably went to Atlanta, you had a different experience than when you went to California. Yeah. And it probably was kind of merged when you came here to Maryland, and you had a different experience. But I'm just—we just on a different time together. That's true. No, but what I was saying is, like, what I tolerate more, you know, I'm not that,
1: you know, I'm not sticking on time with my family like in Africa, right? Because they're not taking the time that seriously like they do over here in Switzerland, and I accept it, you know. I mean, I don't want to be a time of, of slave like that, like they like they do over here. So I tolerate that. And I totally accept it. It's cool. I'm not taking time that seriously. Or let's say, like, I'm not expecting something exactly on that time when we say it. Because this is what we got to do here, right? But I don't have to do that with my family. So that's why I was like, you know what? I tolerate that. It's cool, you know? That's what I, that's what
0: I mean. Yeah. As you know. And
1: where's your family from in
0: uh, Africa again? Yeah?
1: My father, he's from Congo and my mother from Cameroon.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So I I get it. I definitely get it. And (laughs) Ooh, I get it, I get it, I get it. But Africans are different because they have a, a sense of urgency, but their delivery of that urgency is sometimes slow. Like, they want you to be on time.
1: But they just be like, I'm going to get this. It feels like right. You know what? Let me say, let me be honest. I always thought, you know, like America, uh, like Americans, they different. Like Black folks are different. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Africa. It's still the same. Let's say, like you say, like you call yourself like your neighborhood or what you, what you have, like the ghetto, right? In Africa, it's still the same. Just different. Mm-hmm. We also yeah. do have the ghetto, but just in different terms and in different mm-hmm. conditions. But it's still the same. It's still the same. Yeah. Still the same baby mama drama. Okay. Still yeah. the same thing with <laughs> with like with the time. Still the same with like taking stuff seriously or not. Absolutely. But we are,
0: but but that should let us know that we are very much so the same. One of yeah. my first jobs, my first first real jobs within the arts. Was at a Nigerian uh, art gallery, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget Mr. Fola and uh, his daughters and his son and you know the people that I met culturally within his family. Uh, it really, I ke- I kept saying to myself because they had a lot of um, things that most people have for Black African Americans. They had a lot of. Uh, uh I don't, you can't call it racism, but they had a lot of misconceptions about African Americans, that we still, that we're lazy, that we don't want to work hard, you know, and, and I think I put them, I helped them to see a different type of African American uh, because I saw that in them and their behavior towards me, and I checked it. And they're not used to being checked you know, what they feel is what is correct. And I definitely went against that because I was very young (laughs) at the time. But I realized y'all ghetto, y'all hood, y'all like to eat for every celebration. Y'all make a celebration out of everything and food must be a part of that. Um, um, How we relate to each other, how we see other cultures of people, how we react, how we uh, respond, you know our attitudes, our personalities. It's very much so. Diff- I mean, similar, very similar. There's some cultural differences, but cultural not being race. But in that same culture of differences, there's so many similarities. There's so many. Um, I, when I'm talking to you, I can hear some of it. Uh, when I when you're interacting with your family, and I'm I'm very much so. It's a cultural thing. And people don't understand that. And I don't think we as African Americans and then people of Africa, I don't think direct Africans, I don't, I don't think that we acknowledge it enough, the similarities um in us. But they're there. Oh, yeah. they're there. They're definitely there. Um I, I wanna, because we kinda did go off on a tangent, but I wanted to. You know uh go over that idea of balance and how are you finding your balance in the midst? because we're still in a we're still in a pandemic um uh, in the midst of a pandemic and just growing as a black man how are you finding your balance
1: well like everybody else is already saying it already that you know the pandemic forced you to be at home and mm-hmm. taking your time for yourself and then um And that's what I also had to face, that I also had to face with and taking the time and to really think like, hey, yo, you know, there are certain hurdles. So now that I really have the time to be at home and not focusing on everybody else or being, uh, how do we say that, socially active, right? Mm -hmm. Let me take the time for myself. And Mm -hmm. then I explored and discovered like uh, interesting things about me that I'm like, wow. Yeah, just what I was like, you know. Okay, so let me <laughs> fix that, you know. So it was um, it was an interesting. Give us any examples,
0: yeah. not to pride to anybody. Um, a, any one prime
1: ex- yeah, sure, sure, sure. One prime example was that I never, I never gave a fuck about myself. I never gave, a literally, I never gave a fuck about myself. I always helped other people out. For example, like um. Hey, Jeffrey, what's up? Hey, dude, could you help me out? Because I got an eviction over here from nine hundred and eighteen dollars So please, could you help me out? And I was me with a good heart. Yeah, here we go. $1,000. $1,000. Okay, right. I'm going to give it. Yeah, you didn't know that, right? Real talk, Yeah, it is what I did. Well, I didn't, and that's, so.
0: that's not, our friendship hasn't gotten to that level yet. Do I, well, how do I get to that level of our
1: friendship? <laughs> <laughs> you should have came earlier should have came earlier but just yeah it's just um yeah it showed me that you know actually um not everybody not everybody wants the best for you you know and you know you got to be careful with like the energy that you are given now because we got people we got energy zombies out there they really mm-hmm. sucked the thing shit out of you and when you got in you anymore they continue Right. And right. that was one thing that I learned. You know, I learned that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, also, it, that's a big lesson. though. That's that's adult. That's putting yourself first, self-care, balancing your input, output. Those are, I, I would say, two of the biggest lessons. Um, Two of the biggest lessons that I've learned as an adult. Um, and we talked about that too, uh, but how does it feel to be on this side of it?
1: Feels good, feels great, because you, you can look back now and you see the the progress of evolution that you have done. So it always feels good and it, it also pushes you and motivates you you know, to reach out for for the better, the better good mm-hmm. of yourself. I still
0: benefits.
1: want that application
0: though I still I need that application what kind of obligation uh um where I can request funds I need that application to that I need to upgrade in my friendship no.
1: I thought you was talking about a chocolate box or something
0: <laughs> no, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. okay I'm looking for I mean
1: look you did you did a good start you invited me already. In your platform, you know, and giving me like, uh, like, first of all, let me just
0: explain to the people watching. I've always invited him to this platform, he has uh chosen to be a spectator. Um, I don't know how I tricked him today into actually coming over here, but um, I guess, I guess this is the upgrade that I just asked for. I guess, I guess,
1: maybe, I don't know.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some other things that, I mean, you discovered those things about yourself. I'm sure, well, the pandemic was helpful because some of our conversations, I could tell you were really soul searching, uh, but what were some of the harder things to, Were or were they the harder things for you to face?
1: Um, The self-hate self-hate mm. that I had and that self-hate was actually um, the third person that was holding me back from evolving you know mm. and that was that was so harsh like when I looked in the mirror and then I, I, I was standing in front of the mirror and I was like Actually, I hate, I hate you. I don't like you at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, why does, where does that come from? And then I had to dig deep in like in my past into understand where it came from, right, and where it started. And it was harsh and it was so like strange to be like, you know what, Jeffrey, I love you. And you're like, uh, thank you, you know, like to yourself. Um, that and also when I started to to lose all my friends, right because there was just one break point that came and then I started to lose everything. And then I knew where you now was it's, it's time that I really got to change something because yeah, that whole empire and castle just broke down and I didn't know why. And it was, it was just that, I mean, if I had continued this way, like I was, it would have been a downfall. So I had to move something.
0: I, I just saw a, um, well, I didn't just see it. It's been, I've, it's been floating around in that for a minute and I, I wish I would have seen that when I was like 19, 18, 17. But it says God often separates you from places and people because he heard conversations that they were having that you didn't get to hear. So he did you a favor. And sometimes we, we trying to hold on to those relationships and hold on to people. And we don't realize how destructive we are being to ourselves, not letting go. So a lot of those people had to be separated. Cause can can you see those people with you where you are now? They don't fit. Where where would they fit at?
1: No, they 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 no, they they can't even fit with you anymore. Cause I did. I mean, what I did basically, I gotta say, these people that did bad for me, I came back to them and I and I thanked them real talk I, I thanked them i was like hey yo you know what for all the bad for all the bad stuff and the negative influences that you had uh thank you you know thank mm-hmm. you and they were so strange it was so strange for them because they can't talk to you the same way like they did it's just kind of like awkward but i just say they helped me out you know to to mm-hmm. reach this why i'm at now so thank you so and they wouldn't yeah, have been other-
0: able to be your friend while i was your friend because then i would have had to beat a bunch of people up it
1: wouldn't have worked. Wait, say that sentence again, please.
0: Could, they, would yeah, have, a... they wouldn't have been able to still be your friend, and I'm coming into your world as your friend because I would have beat them up. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's sweet. That's sweet. Of yeah. <laughs> now it was, uh, yeah, it was necessary. It was very necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It was so necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. What has it given you? I know you went back to school. Um, you started doing other activities again. So what what has it given you to be in this space of your life? Like how what has it afforded you to be able to focus on?
1: Well, it just helped me to understand myself better. Oh. Helped me to understand myself better, and um, and to be aware that you know. Like the world is yours, like the world is mine. So I can basically like do everything, you know. And um, it's important to have good people around you, you know, instead of treating them like dog crap. And yeah, it just helped me to focus better, you know, and then stay with this negative cloud that I always had around me. You know, there was I didn't understand where it came from, but it was always just pulling me down. So it helped me. It helped me to just get yeah, to be like more in freedom with myself that I've never really had for the last, let's say, 20
0: years, you know, so. And we, and we talked about that earlier. And it's just a, a number of decisions you have to consistently make in choosing you and choosing your happiness and choosing your joy um, that we don't typically focus on. Um, and once you begin to make the choice which is the biggest thing to make the decision to grow and right. from that growth will take things from your life you know when you when you grow out of a pair of pants you don't keep them you you know eventually you give them away or you throw them away so we have to treat I'm not equating human beings to a pair of jeans but sometimes you have to grow apart from people. And we stay so stagnant because we wanna keep that friend circle around us. We wanna keep, you know, those people in our space and we lose focus of everything that we want, um, trying to hold on to what we need, thought we needed. And we, we just lose that focus. So it's just, it's just a, a string of decisions. And like I said earlier, sometimes it's second to second, you gotta make that decision. It is like an addict you know, who's trying to drop that habit, you know, um, that addiction, they have to, mm-hmm. they're always considered an addict, but the, the decision that they consistently make to not indulge in it is what makes them, uh, makes growth possible. So, All right. All right, but I, I, yeah. I definitely appreciate you um, sharing that uh, with us. Uh, we have a breaking news announcement. The Maryland Transit Authority Board Uh, has approved waiving late fees for outstanding toll bills until November 30th. They also will not be referred to the Central Collection Unit or MBA to prevent flags and threats to your tax refund for 2022. Um, Our government here is always trying to find a way. (laughs) It's it's very pinky in the brain. Always trying to find a way to, to tax us and to take something. Um, and uh, the tolls, you know, what go between city to city, there's normally tolls. Uh, um, they had started charging people for these tolls because they went up in fees. And some people have, I believe, the it's like a a little box on their um, a little box on their car where they don't have to pay. It's automatically charged. And I guess some people were being overcharged for that. The Easy Pass, right? Um, and and you know you and here you could go through the toll, and they just go charge your wherever the address for your license plate is because I did that a couple of times, but it had a cash on. <laughs> but mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. okay, now we yeah.
1: like we don't have something similar like this over here.
0: But y'all do have tolls there, though. Is it tolls or is it just between the countries?
1: like when you say tolls what like what what kind of tolls exactly you talking so,
0: about so our tolls are like we have some within the city but they're mainly between city to city state to state so you literally go through if you go through a toll to get to another city and it's really it the money is supposed to go to keeping the roads and all that fixed but mm. you have to pay to go to another city I don't- Okay. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Do we have toes in this
0: Y'all probably do. You may not call them toes, but um like a checkpoint or something. You just have like the border. You know how you go into another country Mm -hmm. and you may be driving through that country and you at some point you're gonna you don't just cross over into that that city or for you a country and but what happens is you have to pay a toll to get there. Within our states, we don't typically pay a toll. If you want to take, like, here in, in Maryland, we have, like, uh, if you're, like, in the southern part of our city and you want to take the expressway, there is a toll where you can take a faster route, but typically okay. our tolls are between the cities mm-hmm. or between the mm-hmm. states, right?
1: Um, well, okay, so, yeah, we do have that, but Let's say, like from Switzerland, if you want to go to to a neighbor country, Germany or France or Italy, you don't. We don't have that unless we're on a freeway. And then you yeah. you're the festival, not on the freeway, yeah. Then then we gotta drop a yeah. couple of coins, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's that's for us. That that's how it works. So when you're driving, there okay. is a, a space where you can. Uh, you have to pay a toll, and I believe those tolls have went up. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. They want to get that money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The yeah. Get the money. Mm-hmm. Is, is this always something to tax us. And I I feel like we have been overly taxed uh here. Like the price of chicken is gone up. And I love Buffalo Wings. And did the
1: price, price went up? did the price went up at the Buffalo Wings?
0: Well, chicken in general. So everything is being blamed on the pandemic. Um, In the beginning, I was like, okay, I understand it. You know, people are not at work. It's taking them longer to get things done. But after two years of this shit, you should have a better plan and a better strategy. And you shouldn't just be charging these, the markets or restaurants more for it. You need to figure out a better way. Like pay your employees more and you won't have to worry about them not wanting to come to work. But A lot of people have left the work environment to work for themselves or do more contractual work. And that has affected, allegedly it has affected many of the businesses. So they're charging us more for chicken. Like I typically get the 10 piece Buffalo wings when I get them. And that used to be like eight or $9. Now you could spend up to $20 for like 10 to 12 wings. And they're not even the whole wings. They're like the drumettes or the, the flats. I mean, I just he's gotten really fat, but I'm just saying it's it's a, too many taxes on everything. Too many. Yes. Yes, I so on good. food, like you shouldn't be taxing food that way because people are always going to be hungry. So you're always going to make your money. But people know like a lot of stuff here went to delivery. Like you can get anything delivered now. Like our Grubhub or our, you know, Uber Drop, they will deliver anything to you, anything, literally anything. You can get condoms and vibrators and chicken and crabs, or you can get a couch delivered to you. Like between Amazon and all these delivery companies, is I don't, I can't think of anything. Alcohol, I can't think of anything that you can't get delivered now. I really can't think of anything. Yeah, Isn't anything, Lonnie, that. that we can't get delivered here now? Because I, I can't think of. It. It's just, and you're going to pay, you're going to pay through the nose to get it delivered. You're going to pay all these fees. So during the pandemic, it seemed very convenient. But in this last year, the price for it has gone up to get delivered. And the price of the actual product has gone up. So I'm just, I'm in a different space. I'm, I'm getting, I'm over it. Yeah, so you get wine delivered, that's all I'm at is. You said, you get some well, a wine, wine delivered. You can get wine, you can get liquor delivered now. You can get liquor. And that used to be the only thing that we could never get delivered here unless you had like wine shipped from a company to you. But typically, and that wasn't really a lot of companies doing that, but now you can get, anything if i need a cotton ball right now i can go and get a cotton ball delivered to me within the next hour or so less than that probably it is it's sad because i think that's why so many of us got fat here fat um (laughs) but everything Um, okay okay
1: now you know the reason why it made me smile when you say buffalo wings because i was just um like rearranging my room and i saw like a box of uh of also Buffalo wings that I visited, you know, when I visited the States. I mean, look.
0: <laughs> you kept the wings? Or you kept oh, the wings. You look, like look.
1: Oh, Buffalo, Buffalo
0: wings. wild wings. Oh, yeah. you brought that back with you? Or well, that was like in the airport?
1: No, that's the, the reminisce, you know, like, that I had, you know. I mean, yeah, look, I went there. And I ordered these pieces even though, unfortunately, I didn't pay attention to the scale because they like they got these sauces on the right side, right, that you're able to make. And I just picked the first two one that I saw on the scale. Are they hot? <laughs> More than hot.
0: Oh, like OK, yeah. Weeks.
1: Buffalo you Wild know?
0: Wings, they, they specialize in wings. So right. their wings are pretty right. good. But mm. It's that's like a I mean. chain. That's like a chain restaurant here. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a restaurant. I would call it a chain. Yeah. Mm. This But uh, my last question, because we are coming to an end because uh, I treated myself to some cake and ice cream and I want to finish it. Um, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self and what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? The advice that I would give to my
1: 17-year-old is... Uh, like listen to yourself like literally listen listen to yourself like listen to your heart and go how you feel you know and uh, stop lying stop lying because it's not cool because you're going to catch up with the lie and the lie got to cover that other lie so just listen to your heart be you and uh, the rest will follow. Just go with the flow. That's my new model. Just go with the flow.
0: With and the model.
1: person, the person that I would ask, that is one hundred. I wouldn't ask him shit. Wow. I wouldn't, because I feel he he would tell me already the future of myself, and this will affect my present. Because that 100 year of person who's sitting at the throne, right, he had to go through certain things that I can be there, right? And I think this will going to be just the best of me. So this why I What
0: question I wouldn't ask would him. you ask to that? If you had the opportunity to ask your 100-year-old self something, what would you ask them?
1: How about I say I wouldn't ask them anything. And I then, saw too many science fiction movies, and they showed me that when you <laughs> when you mess up with the future, right? You? Like,
0: thank you too much. You think you too much.
1: Basically, so look, okay, well, to respond to your question, um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would not. Seriously, I wouldn't.
0: That's that's that's. I mean, me I'm you. not. Me I'm not to you.
1: dispute you, but. Let me ask you question. go ahead. Let me ask you. Um, what what did other like your other not clients, but uh the people that yes. you interviewed, right? Mm-hmm. What did they say if they would were-
0: um the majority of the people always asked, was it worth it? Um I've had a couple people ask, um, are you satisfied? Um, and those are typically the bulk of, some people get real philosophical and, you know, what's the lottery on this thing? But uh, but most people wanna know, was it worth it? All that you've gone through, was it worth it? Which is polar opposite of what you would say to your 17 year old self, but having a chance to speak to that age, was it worth it? And I understand why a lot of people ask that question.
1: I wouldn't ask them that
0: seriously. I wouldn't ask them that, you know. you, i Are you afraid that they' about to say no? If, if
1: it wasn't worth no. it. And no, no. I mean, if I would see myself who is honey, you know, what would I say? What would I say? What would I say to him? Oh, no.
0: I'll tell you later what I what I would say for you, but I would I'm not gonna say it people.
1: Okay, now, to be honest, like, I don't know what I would say, you know, I might will come up with a couple of questions, you know, like, you know, but But um, That's
0: when I give you when I give you the cheat code to this, then you'll understand why it's okay to ask a question.
1: Okay, but you know, I just feel then I ain't gonna be the same person. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be one like one hundred. Then, if I ask him already the question, the same thing. Like if you ask uh, the, the question,
0: the question or the advice to your seventeen year old self isn't to change history or to change something, but more so give your seventeen year old self a pep talk or uh, to your hundred year old self, um. You're not seeking clarity or direction. You're you're simply saying everything that I'm going on going through right now, was it worth it? Was it worth for me to erase these people from my life or you know go back to school or what? You know, it it that's more so for it. But I'll give you the cheat sheet for it, because this is a this this advice to your 17-year-old self. And this question to your 100 year old self, it's a good meditation prompt for yourself because and think about what your answers were to both of those. It tells you a lot about where you are right now. So that advice you gave and that question you didn't want to ask, it tells you a lot about where you are in your life right at this moment. So. Asking yourself if you ask yourself this question a week from now, it may be a different response, because you may be in a different place a week from now. Or you know, I, I try to I try to meditate over that those two questions every day, in the morning, um, and sometimes I do it before I go to bed. But it tells me a lot about where I'm presently at, whether it be fears or success. It gives me a good indication of where I'm at mentally and spiritually right now.
1: Well, I mean, thank you for the G-code. Um, now, I think I would like to have just a regular conversation. And then I think I will also try to, you know, come up with a couple of questions, you know, like how did my life turn out? I think I would do it, you know. But um, purposely, if I had the chance now, I think I would say no. You know, maybe I'm philosophing like way too deep or taking it too deep. But I no, just think,
0: it, no, you know. I, I think you were. It was easy for you to go at your 17 year old self. It may be a little intimidating to go to your 100 year old self based off of some of the mistakes that you're still making. So you're almost going to your 100 year old self apologetically. You know, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I'm putting you through. I'm so sorry I'm putting you through this. Or why did you put me through this? You know, accusatory or, you know, apologetic. Um, Um, But it it says a lot about how you see yourself down the line. You're unsure about a lot of stuff. So how can you ask a question um, if you have uncertainty in your spirit right now?
1: That was deep. Thank you.
0: I mean, I'm a deep brother. <laughs> no, thanks, man. But that's, I, I, I've adopted that. Um, and I typically ask my guests that question as well. But it really does, um, it helps me to balance myself and figure well, wait, out look, where I'm look, at. Look, uh, I got to
1: go into the kitchen because my brother's, his snore is too loud. am <laughs>
0: You heard the first the crackle of it.
1: And then it got louder and louder, right?
0: <laughs> we oh, didn't, I didn't God. even hear it.
1: Oh, okay. So that so that means the Mon- Monty made a good job then. I heard it.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: He heard it, right? No, it was it's too loud. Like at first it started like small, but then he got louder and louder, and now he's cutting trees with his chainsaw.
0: <laughs> I didn't even hear that so but it's, yeah. I, I really appreciate you I, I don't I don't know um what a lined up today because I've asked this man several times um to join us and I guess it was just timing sometimes it's just timing uh, maybe I, I caught him with his management outfit on the day so you know <laughs> uh, so it, it really um uh, I, but I appreciate it. It was perfect timing. Um, and it was, it went right along with the conversation I wanted to have today. And I just wish you well on all that you're doing. And um, yeah.
1: I think, you know, it's everything with a, like everything happens with a reason, nothing is with a coincidence.
0: Speak up a, I, bit. I, I. Hello? Yeah, speak up a little bit.
1: Oh? Yeah, speak up a little bit. Okay. So yeah, I said like everything, like, it has a reason why it happened today. Like, because, like, it wasn't a coincidence, right? That all of a sudden, like, today that you invited me. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for inviting
0: me. And, um, yeah. Thank you for saying spotlight. yes this time. Because you say no a lot of times. Well, he Jeffrey, never says no. He's like, uh, maybe another time. You know me. <laughs> you know me. <laughs>
1: yeah. But that's cool. Love but Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: But this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Radio Show uh, with my friend Jeffrey on today. Um, Tune in uh, next Friday. You have a whole new guest, a whole new topic as we bring, we kind of round out Black History Month. Um, And tomorrow, if you're in the Baltimore area, come out to the Black to the Future event. Um, You can go to the Artists Exchange Instagram or Facebook page, you'll be able to see it um, on my Facebook page or my Instagram page. It is a networking event geared towards helping entrepreneurs and artists alike um, to reestablish themselves, do some artist development, some business development, um, network, and just find some hidden gems. Um, Our facilitator tomorrow, so it'll be a vending event mixed with a workshop, our first facilitator is uh, Sharon Nixon of Baltimore Fashion, which she'll be going over some marketing and branding um, techniques uh, for social media. Um, And this is the first in the series of the Black to the Future, Black to the Future events. Um, I'm working in conjunction with Shinya Wright of the Baltimore scene, and it's being sponsored and partnered with um, the Black arts district here in Baltimore, the latest in a series of arts districts really geared towards uh, uplifting Black voices and culture. Um, So come on out. It's tomorrow 7 p.m. at the Merlin Art Place on Saratoga Street. So come on down, join us, um, and it's free headshots, uh, physical headshots, for the first 25 people that come. Doors open up at 7 o'clock, so get there, um, a lot of freebies, a lot of resources, and a lot of good information and networking. And then we have some awesome vendors like myself that will be there in um, support. So uh, peace out, people. Good night. Uh, sleep tight. Um, yeah, peace out. <laughs> No, okay. no.